ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Hey. Brett Greenhalgh, welcome to ATV Talk, my friend. It has been a long time and we have a long history and I'm gonna get into that here um, after uh, I let you um, introduce yourself. Yeah, long, long time, you know. it's I've been out of the game for so long and now I'm back. Well, that's awesome. But uh, not everybody knows how we met, how you and I met. <sighs> it's been so long. <laughs> well, we met out on the race course at a Best in the Desert race. Uh-huh. Um, right off, I forget, right off the 95. And I forget yeah. what uh, house of ill repute was next to us, you know, but we sat out in that desert for a number of hours. And oh, that was Terrible's Town 250. Yep. It was me, you, I, my 250R actually broke down the middle in a wash, like in a canyon. And I remember sitting there and this guy on a quad come by yelling and screaming and find out it was Steve Billman. He brought me a jacket for my dad because, you know, I'm in a canyon and it's freezing cold. Yep. So I'm sitting there waiting and waiting. I see this guy roll up on a, I think you were on a dirt bike. I was on an XR600. Uh, that's right. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to hang out. Me and you hung out for five, six hours till they found us. And didn't they find us close to midnight? Yeah. And that's when we decided to gather all the bushes and light a bonfire. <laughs> yeah, we had a little fire going when they came and got us. Uh huh. It was cold, man. It was, uh, it, it was very cold in that little little canyon. It was not a good spot to be sitting. No, because I I didn't bring my headlight to that race because I thought this was going to be done, <laughs> and you know I'll be napping by dark. You know, I mean it's yep. a big deal. And uh, Steve and Doug had some issues, and I rebuilt the engine on the tailgate of the pickup. I remember. Got them going. Follow. We stayed, uh, my partner and I stayed with them the whole time 
until we ran into you. And it, it was too dark for me to, to really go on anyways, but yeah, I'm sitting there, my bike's idling and you walked up and started Scare- talking to me. I think I scared you at one point because I legit is in the middle of nowhere, come out of a bush and there you were. <laughs> well, it was, it was so dark. You could, I couldn't uh, see you. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome. You know, we got to talk and, yep. and, um, you know, try to stay warm and, you know, yeah, it, I'll get bushes it, now. I, you, you I loved it. Yeah, it's great. You know, absolutely. And then I think from there we got towed out <laughs> to what was the house that was in the middle of nowhere. Well, there was a house of ill repute. All that's all I know. <laughs> yep, that, that's that's where it was. And everybody met us. I think it was like one o'clock when my old man showed up. You know, they asked me if I could if I wanted to ride it back or trailer it back, and it was so cold I'd let them trailer it. And even though it was only probably a fifteen minute ride, it it was freezing. It was yeah. degrees or lower. Yeah, I remember it was freezing, and we just kept gathering bushes gathering bushes like where we were it looked like a dry lake bed by the time we were done yeah it was great and i I don't know i don't even remember that section of course being used after that um i don't remember either especially after that race even with vegas torino starting up there we've never gone through that and then i remember billman talking about it was like a king of the hammers race he said he was going up and down waterfalls in some mountain section that was right after us before the finish line. And all the years after that I raced that, I I never remembered that section because I would have remembered that wash. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they ever ran it again. I know Steve got lost right there and they timed out by 15 minutes or something. Yep. Like that. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a weird section. And he wasn't the only one to get lost. There was lots of people there that said that they got lost in that section as well. So, you know. But yeah, yeah, I, that that was a good day. It was, it was a good day. <laughs> you know, it ended it ended well, right? That's right. You know, one of the best relationships I've I've had. You know, and from that day on, we've always been you know real tight, real close friends. Well, yeah, because you have a special moment in in your life where, you know, we were never really in danger. I don't think, no, uh, no. but to a, there were points in times when we didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, like breaking down in the middle of nowhere, including that time, you know, there was times where I'm trying to think like a silver state race a long time ago, we had a CDI box go out and, I was out there for 14 hours, wow. you know, watching everybody go by all the quads, all my buddies checked on me, you know, because that's what they do. You always throw the thumbs up, make sure everybody's all right. I think Cody Mitchell and um, somebody else drew me their water pack because I was out of water. You know, I mean, I'm glad that we're a very tight group. But I mean, that's what we talk about always. Hey, you see somebody out there, you help, you know, you, you give them a, you check on them because, it could be you out there and you want somebody to check on you. Yep. And the first time I got stuck out there, I always stop. You know, if I, if it's a clear road and I can see him, you know, I'll throw the big old thumbs up. If I get a thumbs up, you know, I know they're okay. I know they're safe. 
And, you know, if they need help, I always stop just because of those reasons. Because I know what it's like. I remember Casey giving the awards away for the people that, you know, didn't stop or the people that, that did, you know, I mean, they gave their race away. So uh-huh. he would call them up at the next race and give them an award. You uh-huh. know, they stopped and helped this individual, you know, sometimes it was serious and sometimes it wasn't. Yep. Yeah. Um, there was a time, um, I had a buddy racing a dirt bike. It was at Parker. And I, I think you've ridden Parker toward the section where the rocks, where you come down the mountain and it's just solid rock and it's all off even and it's real slick. He actually went down there. I think, I think he broke his hand, but we were in the lead. And this was when me and Lynn Prosser uh, were teamed up on that Bombardier, big old 650 thing. And I stopped. I helped him out, get his bike up, got him all patched up, kind of, you know, give him a good old push away, you know, on first gear so he can at least make it to somebody to help him out. I actually lost that race by 12 seconds. It mm. took some days, but I mean, it was worth it, you know, and that's when Casey started doing those awards. And I actually, you know, I, I, I'm still friends with Nathan because he's one of my mechanics, older mechanic friends, kid. And I got the, one of the awards for it. And it was like the best day. I actually gave it to the dad, you know, to be in there for me and help watching over his son. And he actually still has that trophy today. That's so cool. That is so yeah. cool. I mean, yeah. you gotta love, you gotta love stories like that. Absolutely. Let, let's get a little bit more into you. Yeah. How did you get into riding, you know, racing and off road? Well, long story. Uh, my dad, you know, my number one fan, raddest dude in the world. Um, we lived out here in Utah and a lot of his best friends lived in Las Vegas and they rode and stuff like that. We'd go out there and travel. And the first bike I ever rode was one of those little Yamaha Moto Fours. The little like 50. Yeah. He had two of them. So me and his kid, you know, just go out in the desert because where he lived is just desert back in the day. You'll see he's right out right from his front house. I I started getting into it, started loving it a lot more every time we were there. So he bought me my first quad was a Yamaha Blaster. Yeah, I think it's everybody's first quad. <laughs> you know, so got on that. Um we actually first time using a clutch was like the worst place in the world to learn was in the sand dunes you know so that was my first time ever riding with clutch and blaster in the sand dunes you know those two don't really go together but it was great for me to learn so started riding we moved to vegas and out there the local shop at the time was called motorcycle central and that's where you know crazy steve abbott right was a man out there um he actually <laughs> talked my dad into getting me into my first desert race. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll go check it out. Why not? I love riding. I love riding out in the desert. So I go out there and I think it's like an old school, like almost a Moran, like day race was before they started doing night races. So I get on there and the first race I did was 120 miles at 13 years old, stock blaster with the thumb throttle. I finished. I was very proud. It was like one of the worst days ever. <laughs> but not really. I mean, hey, that's... I finished. You know, I was proud. When I finished, I saw another quad come in behind me. I was like, no way. 
<laughs> I was like, no way. And ever since then, I mean, I was hooked. I was hooked on desert racing. So, uh, shoot up a couple years. Um, Las Vegas came out with motocross track that Kerry Hart and his dad built. I don't know if you remember, they had that huge motocross track where they held the world minis, like way not, back. Not too much. Oh, it was, just, it was built for dirt bikes, supercross, big, steep lips, steep landings. You know, it's where the guys can whip and land low and ride fast. Well, they started letting quads out there. So I was like, all right. So I checked it out, rode blaster for a while. Uh, Steve talked my dad into buying me a Banshee. You know, let's go from a blaster to a Banshee. You know, it was a great idea for, you know, me being 14 at this time. So I was like, yeah, I want a Banshee. Why not? I can be fast. Um, rode that for about a year, trying to learn how to ride motocross. You know, not the best thing to learn on. And believe it or not, this is when I met Josh Fredericks. This was way back in the day. This was like when he rode for Moapa and all that. I actually started talking to him and I actually, me, him, my dad went to his little private track in Moapa Valley and I bought one of his 250Rs. Full Lone Star, beautiful Lobo bike. And then the other second bike was another one I got. And um, from there on out, man, it was just motocross. Motocross every weekend. Traveling every weekend, even when I was in high school, all the way up to when I was out. It was every single weekend I was at Las Vegas riding. Um, every other weekend was an event. And from there on out, it you know, it was as fast as I can go on motocross. And it, it was so much fun. That's where I met Tyson Weaver. Um, so many uh, Doug Eichner was out there a couple of times. I got to meet him. And they all showed me how to like start correctly, like because of those guys is where I took off in motocross. And then um from there on out, four stroke nationals on 250R. Um, you know, that was like my favorite bike in the world. That bike works so good. And then I met a gentleman named Charles Gensmer and Mike Bershon and a bunch of the old school guys that we raced back in the days. So, have you ever heard of this? It's like big strinos coming up. It's like, okay, like what's that? I was like, <laughs> and we didn't race it, but that's when I met him through Steve. Steve actually invited me to race the very first Vegas Torino that Best Desert ever held. And I should have said yes. <laughs> I should have said yes. So I pitted, you know, there's photos. I still have photos from that, which it shows me just still tall as can be, you know, skinny little kid. Um, but from that day on, when I chased, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to try this desert again. You know, it's been, you know, six, seven years of just solid motocross, you know, from Glen Helen to Arizona, you know, all those fun tracks. Um, when I went to desert racing, it, it just changed me. I mean, I was, the desert is just so much more open so free to ride you don't have a thousand people watching you and it's just you the bike and the road and that's i, I just fell in love with it since you know bit, i've been racing desert since then and i i just can't get away from desert racing i, I don't know why well i believe the year that we met it was 99 yeah and 
I've never been a huge desert fan. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's your alternative. As you get older, you end up going and racing desert. Or you go up and, and race something like works or an off-road style format, GPs, things like that. Because mm-hmm. your body at some point, I was never good at motocross anyway, but your body tends to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, because like uh, for when I was training for motocross, a 20-minute moto is like three hours in the desert. You know, it was just such a different riding style. You know, especially coming from the the motocross scene into the desert scene, it was just so much more easier to ride. It was a lot more forgiving, you know, versus hitting this thing right, always breaking correctly in the turns and the jumps, and it was it was just free riding. It was it, it was more fun. I had a lot more fun doing it. I think that best in the desert has something to do with it because. I've raced District 38 races, which is local here in San Diego, and they're they're not as fun. Uh, I've only raced in Mexico one time, but it was the best in the desert race. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've done, like, the districts. I've done District 38. Um, I've done – I've tried Whiplash. Whiplash is just out of control. Like, those were hard races. And I give it up to the Hancock guys and that for, you know, killing it out there on those races. Like, I did a couple, and I was like – <laughs> this is tough. Like, and I was a kid still, you know, but that was like, that's where you needed to be to, to learn how to read the desert a lot better. And those guys, they knew it, you know, especially Arizona desert where it's a lot harder than the Nevada desert. They might have right. been. Well, a lot of the fast desert guys in Baja came from the district 38 area. Yep. Yep. Transitioned down to, to race score. Uh huh. That's that's one racing I haven't gotten into yet. You know, I haven't. I've attempted the 250. Like I've been down Z Road, and that's like the longest road ever. <laughs> and it's just, I just wasn't ready for it. You know, we've. I think I've done the 250 like two or three times. I've done the 500 once, and. Every time I get opportunity, I always want to go just because I love the atmosphere. And I mean, you can't turn down the tacos. <laughs> Trust me, brother. I know I miss, I miss going and, and the friends that you have and the people that you get to meet down there. Absolutely. Incredible. And they're lifelong friends. So if you go back now and you see those people, they remember you and they, uh, they're so inviting, you know, bringing you into their home and and just you, they bring you into their family and you're there forever. So when you come back, you know, yeah, it's, it's the, the nicest, nicest people, most opening, you know, and just it, it, it's so it's peaceful to me when I go down there because it's it, to me, it's so relaxing and stressful when you're racing. <laughs> That's the that's the hardest transition for a guy like me was the waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't do it. I'm I'm probably just like you. I, I need to get there. I need to be ready. And then you end up waiting and waiting. Because when I went down with a couple of guys from the 500, I rode 
it's been so long. I don't remember the section. I rode a hundred miles in the first section and then I passed the bike on. I think we were in third at the time. And we went back to Ensenada and just hung out, ate tacos and just hung out. And we just kept checking the live feed where he was. And like, oh, we got a couple hours. We got to get you down to the pit. I'm like, what? But why am I waiting here? I, I need to be there. Like, no, it's okay. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different world. Uh-huh. Do you think that the transition and best in the desert has changed? from the it was it was a slower pace in the beginning i mean granted they were racing they were fast but you had time you had a you had some breathing room now invest in the desert you have no breathing room there's no the pit you gas you go you get to the pit you gas you go and there's no it's yeah it it is like before i took my break like a lot of the times the pit trucks, you know, having two or three pit trucks, you know, we were riding at the speeds to where they would get there, barely get set up. And we were already showing up, you know, and it's, it, it's just getting faster, but I know they put like speed, new speed limits in and they're, they're taking the measurements to be a lot safer versus how it used to be, how we used to race into the pit hundred miles an hour, race out of the pit hundred miles an hour. Um, they're trying to slow it down a little bit because I know you remember racing in those pits and racing out of them. That was like the funnest pit racing ever. <laughs> I remember doing that because that's where I passed my Tafro. <laughs> and, and that's where a lot of us, like it came down to it, you know, because everybody's riding so fast. Everybody gets so bunched up so quick. It it depended on who had the faster pit. Yeah. It, it really, you know, like there'd be guys pulling in and we'd, Haul butt right in, right behind him. Gas, not even switch rider. Like, dude, I gotta go. Let's get in front of him. And we were gone. Yep. You had to get out of that dust. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's. I hate riding in dust, but I've I've learned how to ride in the dust because I've been in it for so long. <laughs> as as you mature, do you notice the difference in your patience level as you ride through the desert versus? When you were younger and you were just full of piss and vinegar? Oh, yeah. Massive. So, on that note, like, back in the day, um, I was thinking about it because two years ago, I got re- invited to race with Miss Patty Blaze on her quad. She said, we don't do tire blocks. We don't do this. We do that. We don't have spares. You know, we're just going to go out and ride. I said, oh, okay. You know, and this was after a good 10-year break. When I got on her bike and I started riding, I was like, why was I riding as fast as I used to? Like, I feel faster taking my time through stuff and then being faster in sections I know I can be. You know you know what I mean? It's where, for example, I just raced the Silver State 300. Right. You know, and, it, and sitting in the starting line, <laughs> it's a good joke we'll talk about that later um i was kind of messing with everybody you know i kind of do the start talk you're like oh i'm gonna take my time and <laughs> um sitting there when i was riding i was like i got a long ride like this is a full mental change like it's a whole different situation you know t- i think really taking that time off 
made me think of where why was I doing this when I could do this and I know I could be faster? You know, why was I riding so aggressive? Cause you know, everybody knew I rode aggressive back in the day. Like I was a very aggressive rider. Yeah. I got the bike there, but something was always broke or falling off. Like, and it was hundred ten percent my fault, but there's days we had good days. Now I look at it as when, when I was riding at silver state, I noticed like, Hey, let's, let's change up how I do this sand wash. Let's change how I do the roads. Let's pick a little bit different line. And, and I started actually riding faster than riding aggressive. You know, it, it it is thinking how I should do certain things versus, you know, just ripping right through it. Right. And, and, when you rip right through it, it you, you hurt the bike. Absolutely. You know, and I knew I had a long day. So, you know, the whole mindset, I just kept telling myself, it's a long day. Why ride hard? Why ride hard when you could still ride fast, but ride slow where you need to? There's no reason to go fast because you could be faster in other sections than other guys if you rode it smart. And I found out, you know, the aggressive riding I did cost me a lot of stuff versus how I just rode. And I knew where I had to be fast. I knew where I had to, like, take my time. There's no reason to ride fast through everything because you're not going to be the fastest rider out there if you do that because you're going to break something, you know? So, yeah, I toned it way back. I rode a lot smarter. And and that comes with age. I'm I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but old, not not super old, but you know I still look up to Eichner ripping out in the desert. What fifty some years old? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm 38 now. Um, you're not I, old, dude. You're still a baby. The body doesn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, I can but, see you got a little bit of gray hair going, but oh yeah, that's from the kid. You know. You know, the family. Oh, so good. It's it's worth it. Well, look at look at Bo Barron, dude. He's yeah, one. Okay, Eichner was winning championships in his mid forties and smoking people. You know, and and probably could come out and still run well in the desert. Oh yeah. You know, if I was going to put a desert program together, we should send it in. Run. Set an invite for Vegas Arena. <laughs> hey, if you freaking pay the bill, he'd freaking show up. <laughs> you know, that guy that guy loves to just ride. I mean, it's it's just a pure riding thing with him. You know, you talk to Bo. Yeah. He just wants to go ride. Uh-huh. And that's and I was listening to his podcast with you, like one and two that you did with him. And Everything he was saying, I was just sitting there thinking, like, man, he's been doing that the whole time. That's why he's so fast, and it it makes sense. Like, you're just going out there to ride, you know. And back in the day, I was just going out there to ride to be number one, and that's not how you do it. Well, you override, and when you override, you're actually going slower. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. And that's, and that's, that's the bad thing about certain mindsets and, 
now I, I, you can see a lot of the riders have a guy on their team. Whatever his job is, one of his jobs is to get in the head of the rider mm-hmm. and talk them off the cliff, you know? Yep. And you bring them back into reality. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what our goal is. Yep. You know, um, you know, mechanics like Paul Turner and, uh, some of the other guys, these guys are not just mechanics. They're counselors, they're babysitters, they're nursemaids, you know, they're everything because they're tuning the bike and tuning the rider at the same time. It's, it's, yeah. it's hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, if, if you got your guy there that built the motor and out there helping you, like you, you need to listen. Cause he probably knows what he's talking about. And, you know, I took a lot of words of wisdom from you that back in the day, you know, like before Silver State, it was just all processing and processing. I was like, man, I wish I would have listened a lot sooner. <laughs> well, you know, how did the Silver State ride come about? Um, So I've been friends with James at X-Travel Suspension for 15 years. You know, I was there the actual very first day we went over to a shop to pick up the first X-Travel 450 from Dean. Um, Ever since then, the first uh, design that they had, I rode it, and it's been the best bike ever. And so I've been friends with James for so long. I was talking to him. I was like, hey, like, I want an Ironman. Like, what do you think about actually getting this bike out in the States? Because this, the bike I rode um, has raced in Mexico several times. Um, a lot of guys like the code races, things like that, a little bit shorter races. Has never been in a long-distance race, like, ever. So I was talking to him and finally came to agreement after bugging him for, like, a year. I'm like, come on, man, let me ride. Let me ride. Let me ride. You know, it's kind of – and he knows. He knows, like, this is my number one bike. This is the bike I've always wanted to ride because just the way it works, it's so different. So came to an agreement at the Mint 400. I drove out to Las Vegas, met with James. And from that point on, like brought it home straight to the gym, started training, started doing eating right a lot better than what I should have. <laughs> and then, um, you know, just test just testing, testing with this bike. And I wasn't even supposed to race it till Vegas Torino. So I called James up. I was like, hey, what are your ideas of uh, me, Ironman, and Silver State? He's all, Let, let's do it. So we got a program together. Um, and that, it just all worked out. It just all worked out the right way it was supposed to. Um Obar tires came through, you know, OMF, you know, all my friends that have been in the industry, including you, you know, call you guys up, say, Hey, <laughs> I'm going to try something crazy, you know, brand new bike, brand new, everything. Like, you know, I want to get this thing put together correctly and everything worked out for silver state. You know, the hardest part was is cutting through the dust. The dust was the hardest part is from, and there's a story behind the dust. Of course, me, Got the newest goggles out. Loved them. Problem with them is they vented so bad. By pit three, the dust was so bad. I couldn't see 10 feet in front of me all the way to pit three. 
and I'm just riding through the dust, riding through the dust. I actually caught the leader at pit two, went through. By pit three, I couldn't see out of my right eye. It, it went completely just whited out from dirt. Mm. And, oh, it, 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 it was a whole new experience. I was like, man, like, what's going on? I thought it was my, I kept thinking it was my goggles. So I changed my goggles, wiped my goggles, took off. And I was like, I can't see out of my right eye. Like, I'd close my left eye, and it was just white. I was like, this is going to suck for the next 200 miles. So, started riding, and it just kept riding. Like, I had to adapt how to ride with legit one eye the rest of the race. And somehow, you know, the way the bike works with James, the X-Travel, it it helped me get through the race. The suspension, like trying to see like rough stuff coming up, it's hard to see with two eyes, you know, especially riding at speed. And it just soaked things up, just made it easier to ride with him. And, you know, towards the end of Silver State, I pulled in the finish line. It's like, no way, where am I? And they're like, you overall. And I was like, no way. I didn't see anybody else besides Ish that ran out of gas twice. <laughs> right. So what was up with your eye? Um, it was just full of dirt. It was just full of dirt from so much dust getting inside my goggles. Um, and I wasn't blinking enough or something. So I was trying to pay attention or where the course was going, you know, reading the dust, reading the road. Um, it just, I could see out of it, but it was so fogged over from the dirt. Like it was just fuzzy. Like I just couldn't see out. It just, it was just white. And it is the weirdest thing in the world. Like I've never in my life had that happen. So to go get it taken care of at the hospital. No. So actually I pulled into pit. I think it was five. And we got a video. I took my goggles. I'm like, is anybody have eye drops? Uh, A competitor ran over to you. I got the eye drops for you. I was like, sweet. Flushed my eye out. Didn't help. Did not help. And what was crazy is, is I was like, all right, I'm going to keep going. Like, I'm not giving up. Like, this ain't, this is not going to stop me from finishing my first Ironman race. There's no way. I rode this far. You know, I, I don't, I only have a hundred miles to go. So I'm, I'm just going to keep ripping. So I get on the bike, start riding. Um, when I got to the finish line, pulled off the podium, sat there for, you know, a good 10, 15 minutes. See right out of it. I don't know why. Don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a challenge that I was given to just deal with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like I said, 20 minutes later, 2020 vision, I was perfectly fine. It did not make sense. I, I couldn't figure it out. Even my wife was all, are you okay? Do I need to drive? I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Like, it was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in desert racing. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's something that I definitely will not forget. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's an unusual story and an unusual thing to happen, especially uh-huh. not having to wash your eye out or go to the hospital and get a check. You know. Yeah, the first thing I thought of when I got up to the podium was like, all right, I got to find a medic. You know, I got I got to flush this eye out. I got to have them look at it. Pulled off, pulled my goggles out. My wife saw your eyes just red. It just looked bloodshot. Your other eye is bloodshot too, but 
was like, I, I, I don't know either. So I flushed it again. You know, other teams came up like, dude, good ride. I'm just like, hold on. And I just sat there, hold my eyes closed for a little while. And it, it just came back. It, wow. I, I think it was just a random challenge that got thrown at me. I really are do. Gonna, are you going to go and have them checked at all? Uh, no. You're a typical racer. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to check is uh, the motorcycle shops for better goggles. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true too. You know, I remember we used to use all kinds. Everybody had their own little trick you yep. know, to keep the dirt out. Some people use baby oil. Some people use Vaseline. Yep. Some people tape, use tape. I yeah. remember tape back in the day. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I use baby oil a lot um, just to catch the dirt. Uh-huh. And you would just, that first ride, you'd take those goggles off and put the next pair on and the next pair yep. you know yep. and, and you just that's just the way we we were fortunate enough to be able to rotate yeah and the iron man i should have i know i should have changed my goggles but when i pulled into pit one um kyle strandage he is he also rides for x travel he does not ride the chassis i run um he runs their uh five point front end I don't know if you've seen this thing. It's it, it's incredible. You don't need a steering stabilizer for this front end. So he was the leader. He started about four bikes in front of me. And when I pulled into pit one, I'm yelling like, where's Kyle? Where's Kyle? They're like, he just 10 seconds ago pulled out. I was like, no way. I was like, I, I must be reading this dust ride or something. I don't know what's going on. So I pulled out. And by... I caught him in pit too. And I was like, yeah, I, I caught you, buddy. Like and you're the leader. Like he's been Ironmaning for so long. I'm like, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a hard time challenging this with this guy. Like, I know he's fast. He's got a full built, like 470 motor, super fast bike. And mine's just like the mildest build you could build, you know, cause I built it just to, just to finish the race. That's what I wanted to do. That's all I cared about. I'm just going to either finish. And coming into pit two, he's yelling and screaming on his uh, radio to his pit. He's all, he's right freaking behind me. You need to get me out of this pit before he leaves the pit. And my buddy, my pit team was like telling me this. When I pulled him, he's all, he's worried about you. He's worried about you. I'm like, give give me gas. I'm going. I'm not taking a drink. But I, I'm getting out in front of him and making dust. And I just gassed. And just left. And my buddy looked at him. He, you just see Kyle just shake his head, and I was gone. I was gone. Oh, that's awesome! You gotta love that. Oh, it's the best feeling ever when you you make that one pass. And I I caught him at the in the speed zone going in. So he slowed down early, and I go right up to that sign, and then slow like way down. So he pulls in, and we pulled in at the same time, like probably five seconds apart. And I just, I just had the faster pit. That's, that's what it came down to. I was in and out. Did you see him the rest of the race? I did not. I where did he finish compared to you or behind you? I think it was. He actually, I think he actually ended up DNFing. 
Um, I talked to him after the race through Messenger and everything else because um, James from X Travel said he actually had a, a bad crash. So I was like, oh no. And it, I knew the section where he was. So I got a hold of him. I was like, hey, are you okay? He's like, yeah. You know, I got up right behind you, you know, but a dirt bike guy crashed in front of me. And it was either I hit the kid or it hit a tree. So he chose the tree, but. You know, I was I was right behind him in the pits too. <laughs> and there's no dirt bike. I didn't pass any dirt bikes. So but I feel bad for him. You know, he's he's a, such a good dude, such a good competitor. And I it sucks that I beat him that way. Like I don't like beating people that way. I want one on one, like side by side. Are you gonna Iron Man Vegas Trino or do you have a team set up? Um, it's up in the air. Um I'm talking to a couple guys that want to team up because they they really want a chance to ride this bike. Um, I have one guy in mind. He's super fast. Um, he's actually doing the same training program I am. He's doing athletic training as well. So me and him, are, I think we're going to be able to take the win if we do the team. You're going to run pro or expert? Um expert <laughs> uh it, it, it's it's funny because i mean what really sucks and it disappoints a lot of us that go out to the best of desert races is the turnout the turnouts are just so low i've heard that that there is a questionable possibility five to seven pro teams this year i haven't seen one yet yeah i know they're, I'm just hearing rumblings through the grapevine about this guy. These guys are going to race. These guys are going to race. These guys are going to race. Uh, okay. I mean, it's just, it's just what I'm hearing. I mean, yeah. I would love to, I'd love to field the team, but it's, it, it's just not financially in the cards for me. Um, so that's, that's kind of where it comes down to for best in desert is the, the financing, you know, it's, Back in the day, it used to be like outrageous expensive. Outrageous. It was like what, nine to eleven hundred dollars for pro class, I think. An expert was like six to seven hundred dollars, I think, just to enter the race. And that was like way back in the day. Um, and people need to hear this. Like the entry for expert class is three hundred and eighty five bucks. Like that's the lowest I've ever seen for Best of the Desert. Right. What's pro? And uh, pros nine hundred dollars, so pros still up there. Yeah, so you know, I guess it should be. Yeah, and and they, but if they announced like some type of payback or, you know, like what they used to do for Terrible Sound, like Pro Quad was ten grand. You know, that's that's what you'd win. But the, I don't think there's any payback for Pro Class right now. It's so very it's very little, and and that's why nobody goes and races it because you have a a $25,000 race bike. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it can be more, sometimes it can be uh-huh. less, but you, you have a $25,000 race bike to go and race Vegas to Reno to have a potential to win. And you get a trophy and a, and a $20 check. Yeah. Uh, and bragging rights. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, and, and you have the chase trucks, the chase team, the, all the extra parts, all the, the prep hotel rooms. You got, you know, and, and, and it's so hard because 
like even trying to trying to bring sponsors into it with no payback and then the media and it, it's it, it's really difficult these days you know it's a lot different how it used to be back in the day um but that's why when i started looking into it i was like well iron man's 385 expert class is also 385 so if i bring someone in yeah it, it always helps to have a team you know you split the cost things like that totally helps um but i look at it as there's I don't know what class they run. They're super fast. Team Ish from Mexico. You got Ish. Then you got Zachary Howard. You know, those guys are pretty fast down in Mexico. They do pretty good. You know, but he's got, like you said, a $25,000 race bike. Right. He's got all these things done and everything else. But they're at Best Desert Racing Expert class. Because of the cost. Oh. But score is out ungodly expensive from what I hear. Uh, that's what I hear too. I heard it's it's a lot more, a lot more. I don't know what it actually is, but I I, I know it's a lot more expensive. Best in the desert, and I like best in the desert because the 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 safety that they bring to the game. You know, with how they mark the course, the dangers, you know, the new speed zones, um, it makes it. Mm, still fun as can be to ride but it allows you to if you want to take your time you could totally take your time have fun if you're on a race pace they make it safe with the danger markings or way ahead so if you're on a super fast pace you can slow down in time and that's where best in the desert i think makes it a little bit easier for riders to go out there even for their first time right. to go out you know, and I, I wish more people would come out and just do these events because they're so much fun. And the, the quad community is so small at Best in the Desert. And we're all out there to help everybody. You know, I had a guy named Dave. He's racing the Ironman class for Silver State. And I never met the guy. I met him through uh, social media on Instagram. Started messaging me questions and everything else. And I told him, if you ever have questions, just... Just ask. I will be more than happy to direct you to the right people, you know, the, the, the right guys to help you get to that finish line. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at you a competitor until, you know, the little light turns green and then... <laughs> and then, 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 then I'm not going to tell you anything. <laughs> when the green flag drops, dude, you're on your own. Yeah, you're you're on your own. If, if, if you're ahead of me, you break down, you need help, uh, I will help you. Because I know it's going to be returned. I know it'll be returned no matter what race we're at. Right. You know, but when that green flag drops and you're in my way and you're running fine, the just just move out of the way, <laughs> or, or I'm going to bump you. <laughs> so, what do you think the future is for the team? Are you guys just going to run? The Vegas Torino, are you going to try to make a stab at it for next year or are you, or is everything still in the gray area stage? Um, I actually spoke to James today. Um, I plan on if Vegas Torino goes well, uh, with the rider that I'm going to pick, if we do well, we win expert class. I am going to make it, um, not opportunity, but I'm going to make it. Definitely a goal 
and he's on board to race next year, full X travel race team, uh, as the actual team. I want the championship. I've been fighting for this championship for so long and everything else. Like I, I want to win it now. Like I'm, I'm going to go out there with a different mindset, you know, especially how I'm trying to do things. Um, I'm listening to how people are telling me how I'm writing versus how I should be writing and, you know, taking a lot of advice in versus before I listen to it and still go ride in my own way. You know, I'm, I'm changing all of that. Like it's, I want to go out there to have that freaking number one plate. Like, you know how long I've been racing best in the desert. I've had the expert championship once, I think. And we went to the pro class and, you know, we, we didn't train. We rode for fun. You know, I think we won like one or two pro pro races out in best desert, but now, now it's my goal. I want, I want to win, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for it. And I think other people should too, because, <laughs> you know, it, it's just amazing what this, this bike can do. You know, if we have the right build motor, um, suspension is on point. Suspension is, I don't, I don't know how to explain it to people how the, the front end works or the rear end. It's, it's the one of a kind. And until other people ride it, they won't know, but there's only one bike. Right. And that's, you know, and it's, it's been my favorite bike since, like I said, from day one with James. And it's, the bike has evolved so much. Um, I know it will put us on the podium. We just have to get it there. Right. Right. I understand how that works. Yeah. It's just, you got to ride smart. Ride smart where you can, ride fast where you can, and ride slow where you need to. Right. Exactly. You know? And, and I'm ready. Well, Brett, I wish you luck, and I hope that uh, you get everything you want out of it and, and that, that it works out. And um, with time comes reward. And as you mature, things change and I, you, you see the changes and you see why certain people have always done things a certain way because they understand that it, it that's what it takes to, to put the machine on, on top of the box week in and week out or race in and race out. Um, so just stay focused and, and make sure you keep it fun. As, even though you're trying real hard, you got to keep it fun also because if you don't have fun, what's the point? Exactly. And every time I get on the bike, you know, I want to go have fun and, and just ride, you know, that's, that's what we're here to do. We're having fun and ride and, you know, just get it to the finish line. I think some of the funnest rides I've ever had is where it was, where we were riding and you're three or four guys and you're swapping back and forth and you're throwing rocks at each other and, and yep. you don't even realize how much fun you're having because you got an ear to ear grin, a mouthful of dirt, and you're just having a ball, <laughs> yeah. and and you're you're racing. But those are the those you you're going to go back to the pits and and talk about you know hey I passed you in that turn you know uh, and, you know and they're going to be razzing you because they passed you over the jump and yep. you know it's just going to be a great time. Oh, absolutely! And like 
the small story real quick. Um, me and Scott Fisher, we went out to Parker 250 on the good old 700 XX. Like it was just right after the six hour Grand Prix, not six hour Grand Prix, the six hour at Glen Helen. So it had like 20 inch tires all the way around, just little tires. And Parker, you, you should not run that small tire because how deep those roads <laughs> get. So we're like, you know what? Let's just go out there and ride, have fun. Let's just, just, let's just go to ride. We're like, all right go out there we actually ended up winning the pro class that race and i think about it every day that the day i went out there and just just rode for fun i rode faster than i was riding to win you know and and i keep that mindset every time i get on this bike now that i'm i'm gonna ride to have fun you know and the goal is just to get it there exactly Awesome. Brett, thank you so much for taking some time with ATV Talk. I've really enjoyed our conversation. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.